The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has authorized a coronavirus test that measures antibodies in the blood. It could help identify people who've contracted COVID-19 without showing symptoms. Also, it could help determine which healthcare workers would be immune from contracting the virus while treating COVID-19 patients. And late last month, the FDA authorized doctors to prescribe hydroxychloroquine for treating people hospitalized with COVID-19. Well, here with more is Peter Pitts. Mr. Pitts is a former associate FDA commissioner and the president and co-founder of the Center for Medicine in the Public Interest. Mr. Pitts, it's good to have you with us again. So the FDA has authorized testing for coronavirus antibodies. Why is that important? The FDA has granted an emergency uh, use exemption for a new test, see whether somebody's already had COVID-19 virus, see whether they've got what's called convalescent uh, plasma antibodies. And the reason that's so crucial is we need to identify who in uh, the community, uh, the community of our town, city, state, region, nation, has had the disease and come through uh, the tunnel to the other end. Those people may be immune, and we want to be sure that if they're doctors and nurses, hospital technicians, firefighters, police officers, you know, those are the guys on the front lines. And if they have already had the virus, uh, they're safer than almost everybody else. So by identifying them, we can get everybody else who has to be outside doing their job out of harm's way. And I suspect that also goes for people, for example, that are stocking our supermarket shelves. You know, we need to make sure those people, these healthcare heroes, uh, know whether they're safe so we can make sure that we're doing the right thing. And I understand some people uh, may have had the virus and not even know it. Is that true? Yes, uh, between 25 and 50% of people that have the virus have no symptoms, they're, they're asymptomatic. And that's another reason why masks are so important because we don't know who is sick, who has been sick. So it's another protective mechanism, but it also tells us that we need to test, see who's already come through the tunnel, who's had the virus, so we know how to deal with that. Now, for example, here in New York, uh, we were uh, the epicenter early in the curve. So we're probably going to have more people who have those convalescent antibodies than other places, say in the South or the Midwest or even the West Coast. So New York conceivably uh, could get back to almost normal activities sooner than other places. But that's really a question of data, and that's why it's so important to collect this information. And the FDA approved prescribing hydroxychloroquine for use as treatment in the hospital. How about for treatment at home for people diagnosed with COVID-19? That might prevent uh, hospitalizations. What do you think? Shouldn't that be allowed? Well, I guess another important finesse here is that it hasn't been approved for use. It's been given an emergency exemption for physicians to use as they see fit. Now, you know, chloroquine is used for a variety of things, uh, most especially treating lupus and uh, rheumatoid arthritis on a chronic basis. So we don't want to create shortages. And people should, of course, never self-medicate or buy medicines on the Internet. Most people that get the virus, 85 uh, percent, really all they need to do is stay home, drink plenty of fluids and get lots of rest. They'll feel terrible and then they'll get over the virus. The medicines really treat the severity of the symptoms and potentially make the duration of the virus a little bit shorter. And those need to be reserved for people who are very sick in the hospital, pre-existing conditions, older. We don't want everybody using it. We want to make sure that the medicine's available for those who need it the most. And you recently wrote an opinion piece talking about the record-breaking pace that pharmaceutical companies have developed promising treatments for vaccines uh, for this virus. Yet it seems we may be 12, 18 months off from an approved vaccine. Can that be fast-tracked? Your thoughts? Well, uh, my... My information tells me we'll see a vaccine between 10 and 12 months, and that's because a variety of companies all around the world, but largely in the U.S., 
are devoting tremendous resources to getting the job done quickly. So the more shots on goal, the more likely we are to succeed. I think the message here is that when government and the private sector uh, work as allies rather than adversaries and politicians keep their mouths shut relative to uh, their politicking against quote, quote unquote big pharma, we can get a lot done. Together we can get a lot done. I'm very optimistic. And, and what has impressed you the most on that, that cooperation? I think what impresses me the most, believe it or not, is that big pharma hasn't seen fit to brag on itself. They're too busy getting the job done. And to the president's credit, he's really given credit to the pharmaceutical, to the pharmaceutical industry for getting the job done. And I think when you tone down the rhetoric, that's been the most uh, exciting thing for me. We're really keeping our eye on the prize, and we're now realizing it's not time to fix the blame. It's time to fix the problem. And of course, the FDA is Food and Drug Administration, but what about food, the food supply? Farmers are suffering right now, so are some of the truckers. There are concerns about keeping food safe in transport and at the stores. There's also concern about possible food supply shortages even after this pandemic has ended. Are there good reasons for concern? I think we need to be concerned about understanding kind of the industrial health logistics situation, whether it's food, whether it's protective masks, gowns, and gloves. We have to learn from the Chinese and European experience that on the one hand, we have to focus on medical and scientific issues, but we can't ignore uh, logistics. Ventilators is a good example of that. We have to ensure that what is needed, whether it's medical supplies or food, gets to where it needs to be and so the people don't suffer shortages. But that also means we have to avoid you know, the inclination to hoard. Just as we control social distancing and sheltering in place, so too we can control uh, inopportune hoarding. Okay, Peter Pitts, president of the Center for Medicine in the Public Interest. Thank you for your time and insights. We appreciate you, sir. My pleasure. Please stay safe.